From books for babies on Bespin to toys for teens on Takadana, this is the Mom Mothma Podcast. Welcome to the Mom Mothma podcast. I am your host, Laura, but you can call me Mom. So, D23 happened this weekend, which is why I'm posting a little later than I would otherwise have intended to do. But before I go into what happened at D23, I would like to give one small announcement. We are now available on Apple Podcasts. Look for Mom Mothma. And if you subscribe on there, please also rate and review us. It does help new listeners find our show. Also, before we dive into all of the goodies from D23, I wanted to talk just a little bit about Star Wars Rollout. I love that cartoon. It is the cutest. I am happy to report that BB-8 is okay. Yeah, go. Watch it on Star Wars Kids. You'll enjoy it. So, D23. Two days worth, and I'm not even going to dig into the stuff about the parks or anything like that, but two days worth of tons of announcements. I'm sure if you are on Star Wars Twitter or any of the other online things you have been chattering all about it so i'll just do a quick recap of the stuff that happened friday friday was all of the disney plus shows so the big news was that we will be getting clone wars returning uh coming next uh not quite early spring late winter and also that ewan mcgregor will be returning as obi-wan kenobi in 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 a disney plus series but the big big news was the Mandalorian uh, trailer. I have watched it several times now, and I have to say, from the standpoint of an adult in her early 40s, I am very impressed, and it looks like the kind of show I would like to watch. From the standpoint of a mom, I'm not sure this is the Star Wars for 12-year-olds that's sort of been the highlight of George Lucas. So I'm going to be interested to find out from people who do have Disney Plus subscriptions uh, where they feel the show sort of shakes out on the, um, on on the sort of where, where they think it's target audience is because it looks cool. It looks so cool. And the music they chose for the trailer was dark and moody and, the Mandalorians, that really awesome bounty hunter kind of thing going on. And, I love that Twi'lek, the, the Twi'lek that walks by and winks like you get two seconds. Love her. Um, I'm sure she's a minor character, but we need more of that. But I, I have to admit that it really looks very cool, but I think it kind of reminds me of all of those Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns, which I enjoy watching, but I'm I'm not sure that anyone younger than my, and my 12-year-old's kind of on the weird side, I'm not sure anyone younger than my 12-year-old would be really keen on it the way some of my younger children love 
the the core movies. So I'll be interested to see where that goes. But the really big news this week was that trailer. Yes, the one on Saturday, the one for The Rise of Skywalker. Um, it's It's amazing. So I have taken notes and I have got a really quick recap of what we got. But the thing I wanted to talk about was obviously that very stunning last image. And yes, this is going to be a spoiler thing. So if you're not watching trailers, now would be the time to probably dive out. I am planning to do some speculation based on what we see. So the trailer opens with a really lovely, magical, nostalgic rendition of Yoda's theme for the music. And Luke's voiceover that we got in the teaser trailer at um, Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Um, And lots of lovely nostalgic images of the original and prequel trilogies and the first two uh, episodes of the sequel trilogy. So the first like minute and 15 seconds are really more of a recap of where we've been so far. Um, And in that sense, setting up the stakes of all of the characters we've loved and the themes that have mattered, the courage and friendship and familial love, um, romantic love, definitely with Anakin and Padme, and the story that's being set up, the legacies that are inherent in this. And then... We move into a very brassy, bold, dramatic um, version of Ray's theme as we start seeing the footage for episode nine. And I have got a nice list here of the new stuff. The first thing that we see is a festival on the desert planet that uh, Vanity Fair revealed is called Pasana. Um, I don't know if anyone else noticed, but... Poe looks a little exasperated when they cross the ridge and discover that everyone's partying. And I'm not sure why, except that maybe they were hoping to find someone. And how can you find anyone in a crowd? So I'll be interested to find out what's going on there. We have a lovely shot of Carrie um, as Princess Leia looking beautiful and regal and every inch the princess. Uh, we then see f- uh, images of both the, re- the resistance and um, First Order fleet, and I wanted to say Rebel and Imperial uh, because the Rebel fleet has got so many familiar ships, X-Wings, Y-Wings, A-Wings, B-Wings. Um, I think I saw one of those blockade runners in there. Uh, and then we see the First Order fleet, but it's not First Order ships. Those are Imperial Star Destroyers. So many Star Destroyers. I'm just... They, they fill up the sky and they keep on going. Uh, then we cut to Finn and new character Janna in a ship, which I do not think is the Falcon. Um, and based on the lightning-like flashes, it's implied, but not certain from the uh, trailer, that they are looking on in or- horror and awe at the, Imper- the Imperial Fleet. I'm going to call it the Imperial Fleet because it is. Um Then we cut to C-3PO with red eyes. Um, Following that, we have some kind of planet-destroying weapon hitting the ground. After that, we have a very frustrated Rey training with her lightsaber and one of those little training balls that we saw from the 
from episode uh, four with Luke and the little training droid. Um, and she's trying to use her lightsaber like a boomerang and missing. Um, after that, we see an image of Kylo uh, leaving a uh, TIE fighter um, and stomping off uh, while igniting his lightsaber. That cuts to an image of Kylo and Rey fighting uh, on the Death Star ruins as waves crash around them. Um, and all of this time, the music has been this rendition of Rey's theme that's very dramatic with lots of brass. And that starts to fade out as we have a voiceover from Palpatine. Um, and as his and he is as he notes that the journey is coming to an end, we see we hear the breathing of Darth Vader and it cuts to black or rather fades to black. And when it comes up, we have a very quick cut of Ray. Ray in dark robes, her eyes looking cold and dead. She has the slightest of smirks on her lips dressed in a gauzy, high-couture version of Sith clothing, holding a hinged, double-bladed red lightsaber, the blades crackling unstably the same exact way that Kylo Ren's does. And then she flips this odd U-shaped, it's kind of built like a butterfly knife, lightsaber, so that it forms a double-ended saber staff. And then we get the title with a slow, dramatic version of the Force theme, followed by a creepy version of the opening uh, Celesta uh, part of Ray's theme. The da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Except it's kind of spooky when you listen to it. Um... And that is the trailer. So a couple things came to mind as I was watching this. First of all, there's obviously huge plays to nostalgia of the sense that this is a episode that is meant to wrap up a series. There's a lot of images that were clearly designed to do exactly what we're doing right now, which is causing everyone to run to the internet and chatter on Twitter and listen to podcasts and talk on YouTube about everything that they just saw. Um, but the thing that struck me is that I'm very, very interested to see all of the different things that are going to happen in this movie that are going to cause questions for kids. I mean, I can tell you right now, I have mine arguing back and forth, my youngest ones, on whether or not Kylo Ren is Ben Solo. A couple of them really didn't get that, apparently. So um, there's going to be some questions they're going to have. I don't know if we're going to have Princess Leia throughout the whole movie. And that's going to be a loss, if they have it, that they're going to want to talk about. Um, there is the question of what happens to C-3PO. Um, and it's kind of scary to think that something might take over a droid so that his personality is changed. But most importantly, I think that there's going to be a lot of questions around why on earth is Ray Dark? So, I have theories. Um, I went through, I've been listening to a lot of conversations, and I've gathered up some of the speculation that people have been getting over what on earth are we even seeing there. Now, in four months we'll know. But for now, this is what we do. 
The first theory that I heard posited last night as I was listening to a podcast was maybe Rey has gone undercover. Now, there is a long, long Star Wars tradition of people going undercover. I love that one. That's You've got people putting on First Order or Imperial uniforms. But I don't know that we've ever had someone decide that what they're going to do is try to go on... No, I'm wrong. Dark Disciple. So Quinlan Voss in Dark Disciple decides that he's he's been tasked by the Jedi Council to assassinate Count Dooku. And so he basically asks former Sith apprentice Asajj Ventress to help him um, do what he needs to do. And the thing that strikes me is that there's a huge risk to pretending to be a darksider. Um, as happened in Dark Disciple, if you skirt that near to the dark, the chances of falling for real are very big. So if that's what's happening, I think there's a conversation to be made about what kind of risk is involved in doing something like that. Second theory that I heard, and again, one I'm not really sure is likely, um, is the idea that Rey has somehow voluntarily sacrificed herself, that she's promised Leia to bring Ben back and that the way to do this is to somehow exchange herself for him. I don't actually think that that's a likely one, although I think it's perfectly fine speculation. But I think if that for some reason were true, there'd be a good question. Is that an acceptable trade-off? Is there ever a time when it it makes sense to give oneself up in that way when the whole nature of being a darksider is to cause destruction and damage? Um, the third that I have heard is perhaps Rey is possessed. Well... Again, there is some precedent for this in the Star Wars comics. Um, there is uh, it's the Darth Vader comics, actually. Um, the most recent run had a dark side uh, mask that possessed a character with the spirit of a long dead uh, dark side lord um, as part of the work of putting together Darth Vader's castle. So... Possession certainly has occurred in canon Star Wars. Um, it certainly adds to the question, if Rey is possessed, how much free will or agency does she have? Um, and then that leads to the question with any of the characters, what, how responsible are we for things like that? And is there any way that Rey opened herself up to that? Um, the next theory that I have heard, and I think it's the most common, is that this is some kind of vision. I think this is actually a fairly strong possibility. Um, but the question does come down to whose vision is this? Why would they be seeing a vision of this kind? Um, and where are they seeing this vision? Um, because I can't help but think that if this is a vision that Ray is receiving of some kind of alternate future that she could have had, um, that's very different than the kind of vision that Kylo might receive if he's seeing how things might happen differently and to recognize whether or not that kind of future for Ray is one that he would actually want. Um, and then what struck me as a possibility is something from the Star Wars Rebels series, The World Between Worlds, 
um, which does act as a kind of physical representation of the force. If, since the force connects all living things, um, it doesn't just connect them in space, but it also connects them in time. And so in theory, all things past, present, and future are connected, which is why it is possible for those who are force sensitive to occasionally see the future. So a vision like this might occur in some place like the world between worlds, or it might be occurring in something not unlike the dark side caves that we get in both the last Jedi and empire strikes back. Um, I would be very interested to see if this would be a possibility. I think it's a strong one, but the other possibility that I think strong is strong is that Ray actually does fall in this thing, at least for a period of time. I'm pretty sure we're getting a happy ending still. So the question is, if we're going to get a happy ending, how likely is it that we get a real fall that happens for such a brief period of time, relatively speaking? The question here would be, what caused it? And I think we've actually got some hints as to where Ray's weak points might be on that. In fact, she's been called out on it twice by Kylo Ren in various movies. Uh, in The Force Awakens, he notes that she's still thinking of Han Solo as a kind of father figure, and he notes offhand that he would have disappointed her. And then later, in The Last Jedi, he notes that she's always looking for the parents who've thrown her away like garbage and other people in Han Solo, now in Luke Skywalker, and that it's her greatest weakness. The argument could be made that this is in fact a weakness, that she is constantly seeking validation from others as a way of repairing the fact that her parents abandoned her. This is a deep, deep story, and one of the things that I love about Star Wars is that it offers the opportunity to have a really fun, light, fluffy, it's fake and in space kind of space opera story that you can watch. But then you can go back and you can ask really deep questions like, why did Anakin go to the dark side? Or what happened when Luke was in that cave? And why, did, why was that considered a failure? And I think this is another opportunity. What is Rey's weakness? Why could she be tempted to the dark, perhaps perhaps for the promise of knowing something more about her parents? Or is it possible that finally confronting that means that she has to confront the amount of anger and wasted time that she has repressed? And what does that mean for her? I think that is a real possibility. But the other thing that struck me as a real possibility is Ray's pride. That for whatever reason, because she doesn't understand why Kylo Ren fell, perhaps she feels that in some way she is strong enough to withstand the Emperor in a way that, and the temptations of the dark side in a way that others aren't, and that might be her undoing. And I fundamentally think that since Star Wars is ultimately a story about compassion, this might be the strongest thing that we reason why this might be a real thing that we're seeing. For as much as they love to make misdirections, they also know that we Star Wars fans love to play ourselves. Um, Star Wars is about compassion, and compassion f fundamentally means suffering with others feeling the same pain and thus being able 
to offer our love to them because we understand them. And what's clear from The Last Jedi is that Rey didn't understand Kylo. And I think most of the audience, we don't yet either. We don't understand why a kid who had great parents, as far as we're concerned, because after all, we loved Han and Leia. Why, when he had what we would see as everything, did he throw it all away? And I think if Rey finds herself in the position where she falls to similar temptations she might be able to finally offer him the unconditional love and compassion for him to be able to come home himself. Something that he ought to have got from his mother, but that might not be possible anymore. So, I'm excited to see which of these dark ray theories turns out to be the real one, if it's any of them or none. And I would love to have conversations with any of you about what, which of these you think you might be, uh, we might be looking forward to and how you might handle conversations about these with our kids. Because the thing that I love about Star Wars is that these are stories where you can watch them just for the fun, but then you can also have those things where you're talking about something difficult and you can think back to a time in one of the movies where something similar happened and use it as an analogy. Um, so looking forward to talking about some of the recently published books next week. And in the meantime, I hope that you all um, enjoyed this and I would love to talk to you. I am on Instagram and Twitter at MomMothmaPod or you can write to me at MomMothmaPod at gmail.com. Until next time. May the Force be with you. Thank you.